I have that little voice in my head that says, oh, you can work this out, right? And that's starting to get quieter as I realize that, you know, it's not always a reliable source. We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. Okay, guys, I, I have a story to share with you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So I, you've probably had this happen to you before, but this is several months ago. We were, you know, struggling a little bit with business. Uh, you know, I'd sent out, I don't know, five or six proposals and I'd only gotten one. And then we had a client that came to us that has been challenging in the past. She's now working at a larger organization and she said, Hey, we really want to work with you. You guys are so good at blah, 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 blah. And my spidey sense is going off, right? Mm -hmm. Guess what I did? What did you say? No, thank you. Okay. I didn't say that. What else did I say? <laughs> How much? Uh, What's your budget or what kind of budget do you have nowadays? Well, yes, I did ask that. And I will say that I did price it to what I felt was an appropriate level that any pain or anguish would be covered. We call that a PETA fee. Yeah. And, and guess what? <laughs> You didn't cover enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought that would be a, maybe a good segue into what we're talking about today, which is um, I broke. And now listen, I've, this is my, my 23rd year in business. And I did that bonehead thing again. And, uh, you know, we have a process that we use to qualify work. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, I was just nervous and wanted the work and thought the Increasing costs would, would, you know, be enough and, and it wasn't. So there, I'm coming with my arms open, hoping that Vaughn gives me a hug and say, it's going to be okay. You're doomed. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So I got, so you can never go back on that and say, look, we've kind of exceeded the budget we established for this. You can't do it like a inline, you know, art change update to the pricing or yeah i'm being a little bit you know um in general but we we went back had had you know really good conversations in fact at one point her and i agreed that we'd never work together again and um <laughs> wow. and, and it sounds terrible but really amicably just be like hey you know this has happened in the past and you, you know we talked about this and this is our process and if this process doesn't work for you i i understand that um but to finish this based on what we talked about, some of the changes that you had shared are, are out of scope. She debated that, right? We kind of agreed to disagree and met in the middle, charged more money. And uh, I'll say we we did quote unquote well on the job, but it was just an absolute torture internally to get it done, right? So the fallout of that, you know, uh, no profit margin can really cover, right? Because my team was already you know, doing the work, redlining yeah. it on, on deadlines and all that sort of thing that seems to be the norm these days. And I thought we'd really put ourselves in a good position. So anyways, I thought I'd share that with you since I know the topic today is really talking about red flags. Yeah. I mean, 
I've been noticing a lot, and I don't know if it has to do with the economy or just, you know, I've, I've been following a lot of different types of people, mostly entrepreneurs and small business owners on Twitter and other places. And the topic of red flags comes up so often um, that I was actually able to put together a pretty lengthy list. I, I narrowed it down to like 10 and probably got to narrow it down like even further because I think we could do part one, two, 10, 20 of this episode and never, you know, get through them all. But um, I, I don't know what is going on, but there are a lot of sketchy people out there right now soliciting work and in ways that are making people feel super uncomfortable. And the one thing that I keep coming back to is this, have you guys ever been approached with a kind of an unethical task list um, to do before a client wants to work with you? I keep seeing it a ton where clients are asking for, uh, maybe unethical isn't the right word, but it's just they're asking for for you to do work up front so they can see almost like a test whether oh. you can work with them or not. That, and that's, it's, pretty, that's pretty popular in some circles when they're considering you for a position, they want you to do this test. It's like, it doesn't matter what your portfolio looks like. Shine on. I'm not going to do that. You know, is that the same thing here? Tell me more about this. It's yeah. an ethical test. Well, it's not an ethical test. No, it's like saying, okay, Karen, you know, we've looked through your Instagram and we like your art and we like your style, but you know, in order to find out if you're really right for this project, can you draw us or blah, blah, blah. Or can you create a couple of social media, you know, posts for us to make sure that, you know, you know, and understand our, our style and, and, you know, aesthetic. Right. I'm seeing that a lot is lately. It, I thought we had kind of squashed time, it. Or is that like a freebie? It's a freebie. It's yeah. like a, an interview almost for your client. Yeah. No, no. no. Yeah. That's no. back work. That's yeah. I know. I thought we were past this and that it seems like it's like resurfacing now beyond the job interview. It's becoming like a a thing again. We got to, you know, that, that even works at a a larger scale because we've had work come through Scott and the agency is asking kind of for the same thing. You know, they want to see like three directions, but their budget's only good for one. Right. We're like, no, you know, (laughs) You know, the times three, sure, but we're not going to do it for free. That's not how this works. Right. And what's the response? Um, They either don't want to move forward on the project or they they realize, okay, we'll, we can, we'll do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Vaughn. When we've been asked that in in the past, we would just say, hey, we really welcome the chance to work with you. We feel that our portfolio represents our ability. Um, we might even show them more examples based on, you know, a particular question, but if they want us to do that, you know, quote unquote on spec, then, then is that, if that's a requirement we'll need to pass. Yeah. Well, exploratory to, to see if we could come up with something that matches their aesthetic or their brand or whatever they want to label it. It's like, that's creative work. I mean, exploratory is thinking Mm -hmm. in, in taking that thinking and, realizing um, whatever the practical out purpose of it is. And, and that takes time and that's value. So they need to pay for it. But I think that there's a lot of agencies that do do 
<laughs> I'm so immature. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, like, we're like Beavis and Butthead, like immediately. <laughs> so bad. There's a lot. Doo-doo. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, stop. But there's a lot of agencies that do do spot work. They do. They provide. They provide all the concepts and ideas all up front so that they can win. You know, they might put $20,000 into a proposal hoping that they're going to get quarter million dollar job. I think it's, it's a pretty standard practice for the agencies to do it. So I think because they think they, at least it used to be, I think because they think that, you know, this is how we do it. They're expecting their vendors to do it as well. Yeah. Okay. Karen, that's an interesting question because it feels like years ago, that was for sure the norm with a lot of- That was for sure the norm. That's why I say, not sure if it still is, but I think in the automotive business up here, I think it is still. If you want to win a ride and drive, for example, a whole, uh, something where automotive companies, they go from- town to town, working with the press to look at their vehicles and stuff like that. Right. The agencies will do these big proposals to win those that business. Yeah, that's a wow. bummer because I, I feel like that's been trending down. That might be a great question to ask. Yeah, I'm curious. Maybe, or, you know, happened. our listeners, whoever's, you know, um, listening to this episode now, it'd be great to maybe share if, if you do that. Because I know for a while, AIJ was really helping position why that wasn't Great business. Respect practices. the spec. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so that would be interesting. But okay. that's a pretty big red flag, I think. Um, oh, huge. <laughs> that conversation made me think of another red flag that I didn't even think of until you, you brought this up. There's an agency in this area, and they're kind of, I guess they're a competing agency, but they're snakes in the grass, in my opinion, because... What they do, which I think is a huge red flag, is they'll go into um, somebody's client that they know another agency is already working with, and they'll lowball them with, and and even say, "Look, we'll donate our design services, and all we do is we'll we'll manage your print, and we make money off of the printing costs." And so they go in. Well, they it's it's nuts because. Like I was branding a company, this is years ago, about 12 years ago or so, as branding as a tree service. And I had gotten their logo done. We were moving into the next phase for their print collateral. And then they called up and said, hey, we're deciding to go with this other agency to to do all of our work for us. And I go, why? Well, because they're not going to charge us for the logo. And then what happened is they did, this agency was sloppy, didn't think about the mailing envelopes and the size. And because of that, the postage was way more than it should have been to do their mailing. And then they got cold feet and came back to me, the client that is, and said, can we just start where we left off? And I said, sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to. And they want me to use the logo, the other place that designed right. I go, No, not, not going to happen. But they, I've seen the same place do the same thing where they, they don't charge for their time to design and their design isn't that great anyway. They make money by marking up the printing costs. And I think that's a red flag anytime um, an agency is willing to do that, then you're paying more than you really should because they can make it whatever they want. Yeah, you know, that's, that's part of 
it's, that was part of a formula. Like even, you know, I know we were doing a lot of work for um, a big fortune hundred company here in Chicagoland and they had a printer that was, you know, in uh, embedded in their organization. And, and so we were doing the report and like, Oh, well, you know, this company is a treasure fan report. And I was like the design and I was like, Oh, they absolutely do. You're just not seeing it. Right. It, it's, they're not doing this for free. You know, it's hundreds of hours of work and it was totally marked up in the print. That is crazy. Yep. Okay. So here's the, here's the crazy end to the story. Right. So, uh, as you guys know, we've had some, you know, um, churn here and we've had some, you know, employee, um, you know, onboarding and all that sort of thing. And so I just want to be clear that some of this, the communication was absolutely on our, on our end. Um, but we got to a point where we had this, you know, amical meeting that this is kind of going to be the last project and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, so I'm not kidding. Yesterday I go to send an email and say, thank you. I would love to have a conversation and, you know, close out this project, but really in the spirit of giving, getting feedback back to continue to get better, blah, blah, blah. And, um, then her email bounced. She no longer works there. <laughs> oh, well, you'll no. probably hear from her from another company. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a huge red flag. Well, the thing too, is like, here's the crazy part is the three organizations we worked with before she went to this new one. Um, we still work with them. So like those have been great clients. So, um, yeah, it it's was just her. an unfortunate alignment of, of challenges, I think. Um, but it just does seem, it's just seems a little harder these days. I don't want to use that as an excuse because we always have to continue to improve and get better and all that sort of thing. But, uh, I feel in this particular case, we went above and beyond, um, to try to make it go as smooth as possible. And I should have known in the beginning that, you know, um, some of the initial questions were going to take us down a, um, uh, a sorry, troublesome, uh, pain-filled path. Well, that is a great segue into one of the other red flags. One of them is about people being vague. You know, when you, when you have a process, like you keep saying, and you're trying to get somebody to go through your process and they can't answer some of the questions, um, whether it be about timelines, money, scope, budget, you know, what, who's going to be on the team. I mean, those are all really important questions to answer when you're getting ready to engage with a client on a project. Sometimes when you don't listen to that little <laughs> bit in your stomach. I think one of the things went related to that is when you don't know who the point person is, when you're unclear if there's a whole team, but yet there's not one main decision maker, that to me is a huge red flag. I don't, yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, I have a hard time working with companies that won't commit to a decision maker because you know that it's just gonna go awry. Yeah, that is one of our initial questions. Is one we want to make sure we're working with the decision maker, right? right. Mm -hmm. And and or how does the decision making process go? Right. Uh, we ask that upfront before we do a proposal, if we can, just because we want to make sure. Hey, do we need to account for a bunch of extra meetings, uh, that yep. sort of thing, and then. You know, the criteria I didn't share with you about that first story, which we didn't follow was, you know, really the, the, the three questions we asked and we have to have yes to two of these three is one, will the project be profitable Two, will the, 
uh, projects be marketable, right, to help us get more work? And and three, will the project be fun, enjoyable, will stretch us as a group? Um, uh, it used to be any of those two out of three, but it always has to be profitable mm-hmm. now, right? Um, yeah. And profit can be defined. For example, if we are doing something for a community organization and we're giving them, you know, an investment, we want to make sure that we're helping them plan for budgeting services like ours in the future. Um, But it really has to have uh, a gain to it for everyone included. You know, for this one, we knew for sure, well, let me rephrase that. We expected it to be profitable and we definitely thought it'd be marketable. So that's really why we we did it, but um, turned out it wasn't profitable enough. Or fun. Yeah. Or <laughs> it is marketable. It, we can market it. I've actually okay, good. Have it in my deck. But anyways, so I, I going back to your previous story where you worked with somebody, their kind of problem, and then they ended up leaving when you tried to. They were no longer at the company when you tried to uh, contact them again. But you made the comment that you work with three other, two or three other companies where they were previously working there, and those are great clients. So, was the cause of the problem that person then for each of those? And they're great clients now because you don't have to go through that individual. Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is they were great clients then when when um, she was there. She just wasn't always the easiest to work with. Okay. And then when, um, you know, uh, I'm being somewhat unfair to her um, because I, I really like her, you know, uh, but, you know, sometimes th- there's just some communication gaps. But these other organizations, you know, I'm sh- sure you guys are similar is um, we try to meet as many people as we can in an organization, especially a larger one, because the reality, especially the last three years, people leave. Right. And so absolutely. Uh, there's nothing worse in my opinion um, on, on the business side of things. Like we worked with this one organization for several years I and mean, we did hundreds of projects for them and our person left and we knew a lot of people there and we lost all that work. And it was like super surprising and devastating. Like we did everything we could, I think, to stay engaged. And these three other particular scenarios, um, when she left it, uh, we still were able to work with them, which has been great. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a good lesson right now, especially with all the shifting that started earlier in the year. I mean, this has been going on all year. This isn't new, you know, with everybody changing companies, first quitting, now unfortunately getting let go. It feels like the more people that you can familiarize yourself with or, or get people familiar with you within an organization, the better off you're going to be, especially when you're trying to build long-term clients. I mean, we just had an internal client, you know, we had a client leave within a client that makes any sense. And so, you know, we were able to actually start working with her superior right after. So that worked out perfectly because you got the decision maker and, and, you know, right there and you kept the business, which was nice, but partly because that person left on her own accord and made the effort to introduce us to the right people so that they would be set up for success when she was gone. So that doesn't happen though. <laughs> that's, 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 she was a unicorn. That's always, it's not really a red flag for me, but that's been my experiences. I work with the art director at some agency on a bunch of projects or a period of time, and then they move and then that connection kind of goes away. And sometimes they bring me back when they're at their new place, but 
Um, usually the situation changes where they don't have, usually if they're starting somewhere new, they're, they're not able to, to do that immediately. So. Yeah. It takes time, right? Because they're not comfortable now in their new organization and you got to basically just keep massaging that relationship from afar if you think there's an opportunity or a chance that you might get some of that. Okay. I am laughing at me, Justin. I have one red flag I do want to appropriate to massage clients. Anyways, keep going. From afar. I oh, said. from afar. Okay. From six feet apart. <laughs> Here here's a big red flag for me. Anytime a client um, tells me how much time something is going to take me to justify their their budget, for me that's like a an instant no thank you. That's like they're telling you how much time it yeah, should take you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give me give me an ex- give me an example. What do you mean? Okay. So I was approached by a guy who needed to demonstrate kind of the process they use to take in orders and how they uh, they'll design a custom creation for whoever ordered it and then walk them through the process. And they wanted a, an iconic story to tell that. So iconic meaning icons for each of the five stages they go through. And I go, okay, well, you know, I gave them my budget. I said, well, this is normally, we charge a minimum of like $250 per icon. And that's for an icon. We're not talking a full-blown illustration. It's an icon. But, and that way it'll look like a family together. They'll all be unified Mm style-wise. But he's going, well, it's just an icon, so that should only take you. And then he proceeds to tell me how long it should take me and how much that would be. <laughs> I go. Yeah, that's a that's a red flag. That's when you answer, "Oh, my mistake. It actually costs five hundred dollars an icon." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. What, I think you said recently, Karen, when someone starts the sentence with "It's just." Like whatever follows behind yeah. it is is a red flag. It's right. the same as we like, but <laughs> right, right. Could you just? I asked. Um, I asked Laura. I was with Laura last night, Laura Hoskins, and I asked her about this, knowing we were going to have the conversation. And her response was real similar to what Vaughn just talked about. She said that her a big red flag for her all the time is that if she gives a per project quote and the client comes back and says well what exactly is your hourly rate wow yeah that's a big red flag i would say yeah it's interesting because i think i i agree with you depending on the size of the organization sometimes i look at that and say okay is this an opportunity for me to educate them on you know that you know for real time specifically a lot of projects we value price uh we do have an hourly rate for some production that and that sort of thing and so we'll well, if we really want it, uh, the project really bad, and we think it's you know um, worth it for us to do that, we'll take the time to explain it. But that yeah. is a that is an right. initial red flag of like, okay, is this because they don't know and have an opportunity to educate them, or is this because they're cheap and they feel like you know they can go to Fiverr and get it or whatever, you know? Exactly. No, I completely agree with you, Justin. If you if you see value in the client, it's definitely worth it to sit down and educate them and try to understand why they asked the question to begin with. I don't know. That goes right up there. I had a client or a potential client one time, they were referred to me by somebody else. And 
I kind of understood through the other person what they were wanting was like a couple of blog articles and some social media and stuff, but I didn't have a really good understanding of what the project was going to be. And we got on the phone. Um, This is before Zoom was like a daily occurrence, you know, so we're actually on the phone. I never met him before. And literally like the second question out of his mouth besides, you know, how did you know how do you know so and so our joint contact was just like how much is that going to be you know for three blog articles and two social posts i'm like i don't even know what we're talking about you know like i don't i, I just to me that's such a red flag i don't know when somebody thinks of a price before before discussing the project part of that is they don't understand the process mm-hmm. yeah they just want to know yeah. So what's going through your head at that time, Jamie? Like, how do you process that when you start having those kind of conversations? Well, first, you know, first you're just like, oh, you know, but moreover, I just start to say, you know, it's not really, well, why don't you tell me more about what it is that you're, that you're trying to accomplish? You know, yeah. what, what are the subject matter? Do you have any documentation available already? Have you like pre-research? Have you guys, do you have any brochures? Do you have, has anybody done any kind of research on this? Because for me, the less work I have to do up front to write whatever it is, you know, the better the price is going to be on it. And more research I have to do, the the larger the price. And that probably works the same in design, I would guess, you know. Yeah. So, and, you know, they didn't have anything, of course. No, this is our first time. And he started to get, like, really frustrated as we were talking to. So it was, like, red flag number two, you know, was him <laughs> getting annoyed with me asking questions. And I just finally I said, you know, um, why don't I just put some things, you know, in writing for you, you know, via email. Um, I'll ask you a couple of more questions and then we can kind of, you know, we can chat about this at another time or, you know, get back to it or whatever. I, I just knowing full well in the back of my mind that it wasn't going anywhere in his mind and it wasn't going anywhere in my mind. And I don't want to work with somebody like that. I already made that mistake early on. Well, I've, I've, I've got another example for you if you'd like to hear it. Yeah, let's do it. Of course. All right. So, Guy walks in our office, local um, guy, which (laughs) red flag number one is I cannot stand when people just walk in my office and like I'm obviously available for them. That's just more of a personality thing. Um, This is obviously pre-COVID. He walks in, he goes, hey, I'd love to talk to you. I'm opening um, a brewery down the street, which got my attention. Um, (laughs) And uh, he was like, I'm looking to help to have someone help with our brand and design our environmental graphics, do some video and website. So like perfect job. So I forgave him in my mind for just jumping into our office. And then I uh, said, Hey, I can't meet right now. Let's meet later. And he goes, great. Let me leave you these logos that I had made. I'd like you to look at. So he hands them to me and I was like, Oh, you have an agency. And he's like, no, I, I went to Fiverr and been working on these for, for weeks red flag number two. And uh, he said, I just like you to give your opinion on them. So I was kind of bummed out, deflated, whatever. So I was like, fine. Called some friends locally and found out that this, this investment is actually going to be a decent one. You know, they're going to make great product. And so I was like, all right, this is worth my time. I look at it and they were, they were okay. But it's like, if you think about a, a brewery logo right now, you're probably thinking of it, right? Yeah, it's it's got the barley or the wheat or whatever, and it has the name. And it's just like so. I called him back and I said, "Hey, listen, if you really love this logo, then we're not your people, um, or we can." <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, That's uh, such a great thing to say. Um, 
but if you're open to us helping it be more unique and helping write your story, because they have a really cool story behind their brewery, then we'd love to engage with you. He's like, yeah, it's great. So we gave him our full retail price, which was one of my tests because, you know, sometimes with smaller startups, they can't afford a full brand. He's like, this is great. Signed off on it. So we did the first round of logos. We went deep in the process, deep in the research, deep into the local community and really set them up with like three solid brands that totally differentiated them. I like, was so pumped. In fact, this is, by the way, this is when this happens to me now, I get really concerned. When I walk into a meeting so confident that this is going to be a game changer for them because I can't, I can't decide which one I like better. Almost every time it's turned out to be a nightmare. <laughs> so I walk in, I give a pitch. The guy actually like stands up and claps. I'm thinking oh. we are killing it. <laughs> and then I, now this place is only a couple blocks away from the office. By the time I get back to the office, he sends an email, goes, man, that's really great presentation. Love the work you did into it. But it's not... It's not uh, grabbing me like this other logo that I showed you does. Oh, oh my gosh. So my team was just like, we got to walk away. We got to walk away. Now, normally, <laughs> that would be the same reaction that I would have. The problem I have sometimes is I'm super competitive. And so I write it back. I'm like, listen, here's your feedback. I'll give you one more mark. And I'm, I'm convinced you're going to dig it. And we'll, we'll you know go from there did a mark, actually did a mark and a half. Like we took their crappy logo and tweaked it to where it's more customizable, unique and everything else. And so we sent it to him. He doesn't get back to me for three weeks. Oh, oh God, no. I go by the place. I talk to him, whatever else. He sends me a check for the full amount, which is great. You know, we gave him a range, high end range and just goes, uh, hey, you guys, you know, just weren't being able to deliver like I thought you would. I'm going to stick with my original mark. Wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it wasn't until like two months ago that I finally stepped foot in the place. Um, and that's because of my pride, which is terrible, by the way. And they actually have really great beer, but their branding is terrible. I yeah. thought you were going to say something about them, like, I don't know, like wanting to barter with you or something. I really thought that's where that story was going to go. <laughs> no, but it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you hear these stories where people don't get paid. We got paid in full and that was great. And it right. just wasn't the right match. But here's the problem. I knew it wasn't a right match from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I could share stories where that started out the same way and ended up being great. Um, but more times than not, it isn't. Right. That That's interesting because it's a craft brewer in Oregon's oldest craft brewer. One of their, one of the guys who became a, a co-owner in that business contacted me because I had done, he is an investment banker. So I'd done some work for him previously hired me to rebrand them because their branding was dated kind of like what you described barley and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, they failed to tell me that it would be a, um, so it's actually a two part, uh, red flag, but I didn't pick up on it until after the it combo. was revealed. But, uh, so one was, uh, well, the biggest red flag was they had a committee that had to approve the design. And so we did Ugh. a total of, I think we did around 25 explorations. One set went to him. They come back and he's going, yeah, I, I knew. And it was kind of like you, Justin, I knew, okay, this isn't going to go anywhere, but I felt like we could still do something that they're going to like. So, the first round of like nine designs, I think we showed them. 
they came wow. back and said, well, our committee um, didn't like any of these. And I said, whoa, committee? Oh, yeah, it's our, our board of in investors for uh, our company. Oh. They're the ones that have to approve it. And I go, you know, well, they didn't say anything about that. I thought it was just him and the, the brewmaster who were going to have the final say. And I'm going, okay. I almost backed out at that point, but I decided like you did, I'm going to go ahead and do more. And we did a second round. They didn't like that. Well, ultimately when it's all said and done, I get an email out of the blue. I'm waiting to hear back from him on the last iterations we had sent him. And the guy contacted me and said, Hey, the, the board approached a interior designer and he put this logo together and the board could agree. They oh. liked that. And it, it was total crap. It was like clip art this guy had shoved together. And the thing is, I was developing my new uh, branding course for LinkedIn. I was going to use this as an example. And I'm going, great. Now it's like I have a hole in my course because I can't use it. And so I made a different movie on uh, basically how you can do everything right, but a project can still go off the rails. And it actually... Oh, is, that's good. It actually came out okay i had to change the name just to you know not get get their them on my case so um in the course it's called <laughs> oh oops i almost said it sorry you oh. can't you didn't hear me say anything <laughs> but if you see it in my course just know it's it's not a soda company <laughs> 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 yeah but but it's you like I, I I drove all the way over to Bend, which is like three hours east, and to meet with them and, and spend oh the day God. getting to know their location and everything they do. And I was all stoked. And then when that all ended, is like, I don't know. It, it was so, I'm going, why do I do this? It's like, it's, I don't know. It, it, it makes right. you feel lousy for a few days. Did you ask ahead of time who the um, decision makers were? Yeah. He alluded that it's himself and the brewmaster, those two, two guys. He didn't say anything about an investment committee. So, that's but they're bad. the ones with the money. So that's the ones they want to make happy. And I see their promos all the time. It, it's just still bad. You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> Vaughn, can you send me an example uh, or who they are? I want to, I want to check it out. Yeah, I'll do that. No, I'll, I'll send you, uh, I'll show you what. Their old logo was, so you know where it started. And then I'll show you all of our explorations and I'll show you what they're using now. I'm sure when I start weeping um, for you, I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll break a few rods and cones once you see what they ended up with. Oh my God. But for me, like one thing Karen's really good at, if we show something and the client has arbitrary changes or they're just, you know, Karen's done a lot of thoughtful work putting in like, you know, listening and hearing and trying to incorporate their, you know, their brand colors or color palette or things into it. And then the, and then the client comes back and says something like, Oh, what if we just made it gray or, you know, like what if they, I mean, which is fine, you know, color, but it's not, you know, Karen's really good at coming back to them and saying, why, you know, cause you like it gray as we're sitting on zoom and we can see that your entire room behind you is gray. <laughs> you clearly like wearing muted color palettes every time we meet, you know, like when you start right. to see like, is it your, or is it what's in the best interest of, 
of your audience, of the person that you're trying to reach. So in this case, where you guys are talking about these breweries, it's like, it's such a weird decision because unless you've got the client, you know, in the room with you at all times in these meetings, hypothetically, you know, unless you save a chair for the client, I don't remember who said that, but you know, the client should be always top of mind. And if you're not thinking about it like that, it, it's just going to fail. It makes me sad almost because they get so swept up in it. None of those people are designers. None of those people are, are anything other than just hoping to profit off of it. But what they're missing is the profit comes from people coming in. The profit comes from word of mouth, from storytelling, from experience, from all of those things, not just a bunch of guys sitting in suits in a I don't know, in a boardroom, it's like so disheartening. We've all had these meetings before where you're just in this meeting with like eight people and it's just everybody's got an opinion and none of the opinions really mean anything to anybody but them, you know, and then somebody like normally me has to be like, but why, you know, what are we doing? You know, Mm -hmm. Karen says, why, what are we doing? You know, what's worse is when, when they want to show it to their family. Oh, uh, that's like the, to me, kiss of death. <laughs> yeah. I've, so let's, let's talk about family members you guys have had. I've had the wife. I've had, I've the had, wife. I've had kids that were like in elementary, yep. like yep. junior high. Oh God, I haven't had that. <laughs> Jeez. It's the worst. Definitely and, had the husband. Let me, let me let my husband look this up. Yeah. Like the spouse yeah. I could have said. Yeah. Who has nothing to do with the business that I'm writing, whatever it is for. Have nothing. any of you had the relative who's a designer or have had oh, yeah. graphics design experience? Yes. Graphics. <laughs> yes. Or, or a, a fine arts degree. Yes. So good. That's so amazing. Yeah, I had one guy a long time ago. I think I've talked about him before, but he was just like, I used to write for the New York Times. And I was like, really? I mean, when? Like an opinion piece? <laughs> you submitted like an editorial? Like, what was it? There's no way, you know? Anyway. Yeah. Well, before we take off, I would just want to ask you guys, like, what does your red flag feel like? Do you know what I mean? Like, mine's like a sinking feeling oh, in my you. stomach. Like it, I just am like, oh, I can feel it. And then my demeanor, I have yeah. to work on it, changes completely after. Sometimes I get mad at myself because I'm sort of, I don't know. It's like I kind of dream a lot. So I'll get contacted about something and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. I could see doing this, this. And then mm-hmm. something like that hits where they say something or they reveal something you go, Oh man, this, I don't know if this is going to work out that great. And then I feel like crap, this, I was looking forward to this and now it's not going to be anything close to what my expectations were. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's that happens too many times in my opinion. deflated (laughs) balloon. (laughs) I think for me, I literally get like this, you know, almost like spidey sense, like, feeling in my chest and then I try to pause and I, and I think, okay, is this because I'm irritated or, you know, um, having a bad day or is this really because what is being said or I feel is like legitimately a challenge. And I think that the last couple of years have taught me to shift gears and go right into, although I've showed you examples where I haven't done that, <laughs> I had shifted gears and I get right into, and I think Karen, I think you and I may have talked about this a while ago, but one of my favorite Brene Brown um, quotes is clarity is kind. Mm-hmm. And so how can I get to clarity as soon as possible to make yep. sure, cause it's going to be a hell of a lot more kind to not waste time on each other right. than to go through this agony together. Right. Oh, and I like so that. 
Yeah. And so I think I try to be respectfully <laughs> bold with candor. No. Right. And, it sounds like a book title for you, Bold with Justin. candor? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Brene Brown uh, me. Clarity someone is already kind. made it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was okay. so good. I she wrote that. a book about it. <laughs> But anyways, my, my point to you, Jim, how I feel is like when I get that feeling, I, I, I think one of the steps I'm trying to do is pause and be like, okay, you know, don't let the desire because you're slow or that you really like this organization or you really want to do this beer packaging, whatever the criteria is that that little, I always, I have that little voice in my head that says, oh, you can work this out, right? And that's starting to get quieter as I realize that you know, it's not always a reliable source. What, your brain is not always a reliable source? Oh, Karen, I teed that up for you really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I meant to say, I've not been on this earth as long as you, so I don't have the wisdom and perspective. <laughs> well, with that being said. Yes, yes. Help us, Mother Wisdom. <laughs> Leave us on a good note. You know, I, I thought a lot about this um, conversation and there's like, you know, there's lots of red flags, but, and I know I've said this before, I try not to take, you know, if there's a red flag that, what are you giggling about? I just love you. I love, I, I love it when you, go ahead, go ahead. If there's a red flag, like there's certain red flags and it's usually personality red flags for me. And I'm just like, ah, shit, I don't want to work with that person. <laughs> I don't like them. They're a pain in my ass. I just don't want to work with them. But if I want to, you know, you got to get through the job and, you know, and I find the more I can take control of mm -hmm. the situation and guide them, you know, I feel like I can usually turn it around. There's one particular client that I've been working with for about a year now. And I think I've alluded to this client in the past and he is the decision maker and he's just a pain in the butt in everybody's life. And we never quite know what to expect from him. And I keep having to decide whether he's worth it. But then when I get a big fat check, <laughs> you know, it helps. it helps. Money is a salve. That's yeah, true. <laughs> absolutely. It's like, well, you know, for me, it is all about trying to control as much as you can on your side so that you can avoid the red flags. Oh, that's awesome advice. I 100% agree with you. And I agree with you too, Justin, about I'm sometimes my own worst enemy. Like I don't even listen to myself sometimes. Yeah, I think you so, probably are. So <laughs> well, you're about to be it. I usually have to talk Jamie down on stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, but I, I think I'm getting better at it. You got to learn. It takes time, you know? Right. I think new entrepreneurs out there don't give up, you know, just don't give in either. Right. Right. One of the things with creatives is, yeah, we tend to take things too personally. We're in business and you have to try to avoid that. You have to be very pragmatic about things. And um, sometimes you have to deliver something you don't love to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this in the past and I, and I agree. I think it's one of those things where <clears throat> Karen and, and, and we've, We've had just a little bit too, because obviously you do care, right? And it, and things do impact you. You do care, um, but there is a point where you got to be like, hey, you know what? I I've mourned that project, or I've been frustrated at that for long enough. I now need to move on. It's a business. I got to keep rolling. It doesn't define me, right? Um, right? And I need to keep going. And I think that's always good for us to hear, uh, especially mm -hmm. on those projects where you just you know you pour so much of it in uh, of yourself into it, and it 
doesn't go the way that you think it should. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the tough ones. Right. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent agree. I mean, I, we could go on all day, but to me, listening to the, your inner gut, your intuition is, uh, Terry Trespicio like to talk to us about recently, you know, just that you're, it's there for a reason, right? It's there to protect you and, and to keep you from doing dumb things, you know? So don't tune it out. Well, we can always do a red flag part two and have a guest yeah. on there too. Part um, two. Part, oh, oh, nice. Part doo-doo. And um, <laughs> we can have a guest on it. Oh, that would be fun. I'm sure there's plenty of people that would love to talk about red flag. Yeah. So if you guys have red flags and you're listening to the show, take a minute, go out to our social channels, post out there, let us know, make comments, send through the website, the contact us form. You know, we love hearing what you guys are up to, too. And we want to talk about what you're interested in. So thoughts, ideas, red flags, any of that, share them with us. I love it. Well, as always, it's been great to share laughs, um, share uh, uh, collective misery. No, I'm kidding. Um, challenges <laughs> that we challenges that we have in our business. Um, so, just love you guys. Thanks for spending time today Aww. with us. Love you guys too. Love you too. Super sappy shit show. <laughs> you know. Vaughn is so emotional. It's so good. Love you too. I think we need to do a graphic for that. Super <laughs> sappy shit show. Get on I it, like Vaughn. I like it. Can you do nine um, iterations of that for yeah. us? For, for our committee for to free. review, please. Yeah. Free. Everything's designed by committee, Vaughn. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to let see if Riley and Ken like it. Yep. <laughs> I'll ask Bob. And Loki and Otis. Justin's got a huge I'll ask, over my, there. I'll ask all the high school kids that are at my house every week what do they think. <laughs> can you record that, actually? That would be they incredible. Can, that would be awesome. All right. You guys are the best. Okay. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, hey, hey. I forgot. Listen, before you guys leave, I forgot to share the red flag that drives me absolutely bananas. And that's when I'm talking to a client and I, and they say to me, Hey, I know it when I see it. <laughs> oh, please. I hate that. No, you won't. Let's climb that mountain next time we do uh, red flags part doo-doo. Give them the cobra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. If you're still listening in, You've listened to the entire episode, and for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode of The Creative Shit Show, and if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Have a great creative day.